0: Welcome to Primal Screen, this is your host, Dick Braystone, for the next hour, we're going to talk about fantasy, reality,
1: and everything in between, let's go.
0: What's up, kitty kitties, Niz is back, that's right, Woo! oh man, it's been a while, I haven't gone live with you guys in, uh, it's been a minute, you know, the last two weeks were pre-recorded, yes. I like going live, it's yeah. like going live without a net, a little uh, Grateful Dead reference, but, uh, yeah, um, so much to talk about. I want to get right into it. Um, like I said, you know, I, I said last week that going live, you never know what you're going to talk about because stuff pops up. And you know what? Today, something happened, and I might as well just get into that and talk about that. Uh, Dick Butkus uh, passed away at the age of 80. Um, one of the greatest linebackers of all time from the Bears. He started his career there and he ended his career there. Um amazing, uh amazing athlete and uh great coach and uh the inspiration of a great skit for Saturday Night Live. So uh, rest in peace. Uh Dick Butkus. Um is not a bad number. You know, he's not too uh it's not too young, it's not too old, but uh He definitely lived a long life, so uh, rest in peace, Dick. Um, I'm going to get into the uh, true crime thing right away because uh, two things happened this week that uh, I wanted to talk about. The first being said, um, the Gypsy Rose. um, The Gypsy Rose was released early. Uh, For those of you who do not know that story, it's doozy. Um, So, I'm... Sure, this is going back, like, mid-2000s. The Gypsy Rose was a girl that had all these ailments or came out to light that she really didn't. And she um, she was with her mom. And her mom used to say that, you know, oh, my daughter, who also she made look younger... And she made look sickly. And she would get all these free things. I think, you know, she got a house out of it. And they got all these, like, you know, gifts. You know, tickets to Disneyland. Money. Cars. Um, and the girl was manipulated. Like, she told people that uh, she, she had um, dystrophy. I uh, can't dystrophy, leukemia, and other ailments, and she was, like, preying on the sympathies of people, and um, what had happened was the gypsy didn't know what was real and what was, like, fake. So it's a rare form of abuse in which they call it um, Munchausen by proxy syndrome, where it's like a mind control um, thing where the mother gained all this mind control over the girl, and made you know, made her believe that she was actually sick. She would used to shave her head. She used to do press conferences and make sure that the girl never said anything. So this is um, happening in the the day and age of like the internet was uh, big with you know people interacting from other states and um, you know chat rooms and all this stuff. So. What happened was the Gypsy Rose um, befriended a, a boy. His name was um, John John, And um, she told him that she thinks that her mother is manipulating her because she kind of, like, thought that was weird that, like, she did all these things and the mother, anytime she questioned it, the mother would say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Just listen to me. My, you You know I wouldn't lie. It came to light that the mother was lying. So the girl told this guy that she met that the mother was doing all these things. And basically they made a pact where he was going to come to her house and kill the mother. And they would run away, get married, and start a new life. So in July of 2016, um, that's exactly what happened. Um, Go to John, went to the house. Killed the mother. Gypsy went on a run with him. Um, they ended up picking them up about a week later. And he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Um, and Gypsy was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Um, and the girl has been trying to fight to get out of prison for the last couple of years... Finally, they did uh, release her early. Go to John is still serving life in prison, which I know he did kill a human being, and I feel like if they're going to go light with her to get her out of prison early, then maybe give this kid a reduced sentence because he wasn't really that much older than Gypsy. Um, And they even said that he did have some um, mental uh, handicap too so like he wasn't really thinking straight but needless to say he is serving life in prison right now and um he's been trying to uh contest it but they're not hearing it so they're keeping him as is there are um two great there's one documentary and there's one mini series uh mommy mommy's dead And Dearest is a great documentary on HBO, which tells the whole tale in great detail. And it's it's pretty uh, I just gave you like a brief uh, description about it. But um, there's also a miniseries called The Act with uh, Joey King and Patricia Arquette plays the mom, uh, Claudine D.D. Blanchard. And, uh, you know, Patricia Arquette is a great actress and she totally transforms herself into this role. And um, that's on Hulu. So definitely check that out. Um, It's definitely worth a watch. Um, The next thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, an an anonymous woman that was alleged in a lawsuit filed in 2021 um, against Marilyn Manson said that she uh, was raped and he deprived her of food, sleep and safety. Um, That was uh, actually um, settled outside of court. Uh, in the county of Los Angeles. Um, He's been coming under a lot of fire lately because a lot of people have been coming forward saying that, you know, he he mistreated them or uh, abused them in some kind of way. Um, Not that I'm making, you know, light of serious stuff like that because we just saw, you know, Danny Masterson get sentenced to uh, 30 years in prison for for raping three women from 20 years ago. Um, Now, Marilyn Manson, I I am a fan of his. Um, I just, I don't know. It's not that I'm, like, trying to defend him because this is a touchy, you know, subject because of the whole Me Too movement and everything. Um, Could it be that maybe it was regret that these women hooked up with him? You know, I don't think... Like, this is just me. If Marilyn Manson is going to invite you over to his house and maybe allude that there's going to be some sex or some kind of, like, you know, situation that you're in, I'm not saying judging a book by its cover, but it doesn't look like it's going to be, like, a a light evening of, like, reading and, like, you know, sitting down playing Scrabble. I think, like... You're going to Marilyn Manson's house, I think crazy shit's gonna happen, unless it's just the guy that he portrays on film, on stage. But for the most part, I really don't think that's the case. And maybe uh, some of these women, look, you know, this one settled out of court, so I guess that the money that she got just to keep it quiet or whatever was more important than actually taking him, you know, to trial. And right now, the way that the uh, judgments have been coming back, A lot of these guys are being held accountable, you know. It's amazing right now that, you know, Bill Cosby, with all the allegations that were against him and all the bad shit that went on, he's out because of technicality. And it's amazing to me that 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 even happened, you know. Um, It's just, you know, I don't know which way to go with this because, you know... Could there have been rape? Yes. Could they have not been raped? Yes. You know, it, you don't know unless you were there. And then the whole time, you know, passes and everything. And I don't know. I just don't like the way that this one went. Maybe, you know, it was settled and he didn't help be held accountable before it. But like I said, you know, like, think about all these cases that are going on. Like, what is the vali- validity of it? You know, and it's the time that we're living in right now. You know, and uh, that's scary. That's scary that, um, that could be, um, the way things go. So again, not trying to get controversial, just reading the news and seeing how I say it and, uh, just put my two cents in. All right. So enough of the, um, the true crime this last week. Um, I yesterday just got back from California and I had an amazing time, um, I did, I, the, my main reason was going for a uh, convention, the Halloween 45, uh, 45th anniversary, which is a great time. I'll get to, into that in a little bit. I did leave myself uh, a couple of days to uh, do some excursions. Um, the first day that I got there, uh, a couple of friends and I, before we went to Universal Studios, we went to this place and it was called Grill'em All. Um... It was a hamburger place, and they served these, like, really crazy, different-made hamburgers. Um, I got this thing called the Bohemoth. Um, That's the picture right now. That's uh, my friend's um, Erica that I know from Monster Mania. Um, The Glonics, Jen, and Damien. Uh, Damien actually owns Living Dead Dolls, which is a very uh, well-known... Um, company that sells um, Different types of figures And it's like uh, it, They've been up and coming for a while And um, Check out their stuff livingdeaddell.com And um, in the back is Kyle uh, He's the drummer from uh, Incantation With another friend of mine named Chuck uh, So yeah We went to go check out this place And I got this sandwich called The bohemoth so the way that it was described it was a grilled cheese with a grilled cheese bun with a half pound hamburger with some pickles and all kinds of you know, onions and stuff. So when I got it, I'm thinking that I'm going to get a bun that's like, you know, the, the grilled cheese is on, like cheeses that's grilled on the bun. And it's like put in a toaster and they put it on there. That wasn't it. I got two grilled cheese sandwiches as the bun with a half pound burger in the middle. It was unreal, and knowing me, how I get the age, and knowing that I'm going to be going to Universal, and it's going to be a lot of walking, I knew there's no way that I could house this thing, so I had to make an executive decision to eat half a grilled cheese, and eat the meat, and try to have some fries with it, because they give you fries, too, and there was no way that I could finish it, and it was unbelievably big, um... It was an experience. Uh, I wish I could have taken a picture of the sandwich, but I was kind of embarrassed. I'm even embarrassed to talk about it now. It was it was pretty insane. So, um, yeah. So it took me a little bit while to breathe again, and we worked our way over to Universal Studios, which we went for the uh, Halloween Horror Night, and uh, that was cool. Went with um, some friends from uh, Fright Rags, That's another uh, company that sells t-shirts. Jess and Liz and Heather and uh, the same grill mall crew. And, you know, the the photo's a little dark. But um, if I can make a suggestion, if you're going to go to Halloween Horror Night, get the Rip VIP pass. It's expensive, but the lines, I feel time is more valuable. Because the lines are for days, and it's endless, and there's no way that you're gonna be able to get on everything with just a regular ticket. you know we had a host, and she walked us to I believe it's like eight haunted houses, and uh it's we went to each one you know they feed you, and we really didn't have to eat after that grill mall massacre, but um. They feed you, they take you to different uh, different houses and stuff, and it's about like six or seven hours that you're in the park. A uh, lot of walking, but not. they take you in the tram and they take you down and you work your way back up. So some of the highlights, I really love the Chucky house that they did and the Exorcist house. I think the least of my favorite was the Stranger Things house, which is kind of crazy to think about because Stranger Things is huge right now, you know, and I was really looking forward to seeing what they were going to do, but I guess the other houses uh, won me over more. The best thing that um, I did for the night was I was able to walk right up to the Psycho house, and I've been a fan of Psycho. I have it tattooed on me. Um, It was so awesome to, uh, to get to walk up to that. Mon- like it's just a classic horror movie that i love and to see where they filmed it like just so awesome and uh i got all the f- you know all the feels doing that and um that was worth admission alone so like i said you're gonna do it all the way get the vip pass and and also to top it off you get valet parking so you can pull right up they put you in the into the uh Into the park, and then once you leave, give them the thing. You're out, and um, the crazy. Another crazy thing is, so I didn't realize how many escalators down into you have to go into Universal Studios, but there are a total of five in a row, and it's up this like steep mountain. So coming back, like you see everyone like leaning forward because it's like. If you lean back, you feel like you're going to fall down into, like, hell. And <laughs> I was getting to a point where I was actually getting sick. Like, I had to just stare at the person in front of me. Because if I looked to the left or the right, that was it, man. Like, I was ready to, like, like start trailing or whatever. And I felt like I was going to fall. But it's pretty crazy how uh, how deep into the mountain universal studio is and i just thought of to myself like if i would have paid regular price i'd be walking through this whole park and i was crippled enough i can't imagine doing it without the tram that took us down to the uh, bottom at first so um yeah that uh that was the uh the first night of my california trip um the second night uh, i went and hung out at the whiskey which was a cool night um I really didn't take that many pictures from there, so uh, I got nothing to show you. But I went to go see the uh, lead singer of Enough's Enough, hung out with my uh, my friend Jason Green, who also has another podcast. No, uh, his podcast is uh, Waste Some Time with Jason Green. So make sure you check that out. And he was also with Wednesday of Wednesday Thirteen, which was pretty cool. I dig their music, so got to hang with those guys a little bit. Now we're all in town for this big convention. It was the Halloween forty-fifth anniversary, um, and it's pretty amazing that Halloween has this much of a draw. Still, you know, it's pretty iconic um, that forty-five years after you know this little movie started, and it spawned all these sequels, and they can were able to put on such a great event. Um, some of my highlights, uh, of the weekend, uh, I met Kathleen Kinmont from, uh, Halloween five, Kelly Meeker. She played the sheriff's daughter. Uh, I know you guys might know if you know the movie, she's the one that's wearing the shirt that says, uh, cops do it by the book. And, uh, she was really sweet, uh, and very nice. Um, um. There was also Sylvia Jeffries from Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, Three from Hell, and Eastbound and Down. So Sylvia uh, from Eastbound and Down, she's the girl that Kenny Powers throws off the jet ski because she tells him that she's lactating because he's like, "What's that on my back?" And she said, "I just gave birth, so you know my tits are leaking." So <laughs> she's lactating. She gets on his back, and he throws her off the uh, the jet ski. She had. A panel so they did a panel for rob zombies halloween one and two and she was there and she was discussing like the whole um because in both movies that she's in for rob zombie she's completely nude full frontal and everything so (laughs) when she went for the audition for rob zombies halloween they're like all right you're gonna be in a nude scene and um we have to see you know what you look like nude so she takes her clothes off And she's completely shaved. So the costume design department was like, you know, Rob's into really like 70s bush. So we're going to have to make you a merkin. (laughs) So they decide to like fit her for the merkin or whatever. And she had to stand up on this stool and they're putting it on. And for those of you who don't know what a merkin is, a merkin is a pubic wig. So the guy who's making the wig Uh, I guess his wife called in the middle of it and she called him and for some reason she was FaceTiming and he thought it was a good idea to answer so he answered the phone and there's Sylvia standing on the the stool and this dude's like eye level with her her vagina and the wife is like oh what are you doing? He's like oh you know I'm with Sylvia uh, Jeffries and I'm making her a um, a merkin right now and uh, we're going for the fit and he like put it on her and she the wife gets to see like what he's seeing from my level needless to say the wife hung up and uh i don't know if those two are still married or whatever but definitely not a uh a good scene with uh facetime at that moment in time but she had the uh the crowd in hysterics um some also great uh meets for me with the uh was adam gunn who played uh Michael Myers, Asylum uh, Michael Myers, the young Michael Myers from Halloween 2, and uh, Brent LePage, who played the bully in the first one, the original, Lonnie Lamb. Um, I did some epic photo uh, ops here right now. Uh, I got the, uh, the 1978 cast. Uh, that was pretty awesome. I got to meet all of them. Um, there's this one right here, which is absolutely insane. This is me with 20, I believe it's 23 or 24 men who have played Michael Myers in some capacity. Um, Yes, and I walk in, and I'm like, all right, guys, let's do it. Let's throw it up, the middle finger. And about 75% of them did it. And uh, even Adam Gunn, like I said before, he played the Asylum Michael Myers in part two. Took me aside like... He saw me a little bit later, and he's like, listen, man, I met a bunch of people this weekend. I'm having a blast, but I have to say you're my favorite. He's like, just the way that you walk around and present yourself, and I really dig your vibe. And I was telling my family about it, and it was his first convention. And to hear that, you know, it it makes it all worth it, you know, because I do have, like, a great time. And uh, to say that I made that connection was it was pretty cool. Here's PJ Souls and Nancy Loomis. Those are the babysitters from uh 1978, uh, Halloween. Um, it was uh it's unbelievable. Forty five years. The big like thing that happened this weekend, John Carpenter ended up showing up and uh he did a panel. Um right there's a panel with uh Malik Akkad, he brought him on stage. So Malik is the son of Mustafa Akkad. He's the one that took the chance and um, produced and gave the money to uh, get the uh, the movie out there and picked it up. So uh, John Carpenter, really, they only announced him the day before. And, uh, you know, it's cool for John Carpenter because certainly, yeah, he didn't have to come. But he knows his fans And he knows that this put him on the map. And he appreciates us. And, you know, he came just to really say thank you and make, you know, crack a few jokes. And, you know, it was a very short time. He only did like a 40-minute appearance. And that was awesome. Now, leading into this whole convention, um, obviously there was rumors. And Jamie Lee Curtis was supposed to show up. Now... Everything that I'm about to say is hearsay. I don't know for the fact because I'm not the promoter, but I know a lot of people that are in circles with these people and been going for a long time. and I've been networking with all these people. So you hear things from what I heard was that Jamie Lee Curtis over the last month confirmed and canceled five separate times as late as. The Wednesday before. She was saying at first that COVID was a reason why she wasn't coming. Then another time she was saying that the strike was aff- was affecting her. And then she'd go back on, a- on it and say she was coming. But up until Wednesday, she was coming. And she was going to do the same thing that John Carpenter was going to do. She was going to come for a panel, say thank you, and just making an appearance and it would have been nice for that to happen. But unfortunately Jamie Lee Curtis did not show up and she canceled that Wednesday. And I just hate to be in that promoter's shoes or those guys for put working so hard and having her, you know, wanting her to come and be there. They had offered her all types of uh, different scenarios and, um, I got to say that I'm I'm pretty pretty aggravated. Look, I don't know Jamie Lee Curtis. She doesn't owe me shit. You know, she doesn't owe any of us anything. But Jamie Lee Curtis, don't win the Oscar and cry and say this is yours just as much as it's mine and say you got me here and then you're going to turn around And basically, you know, just not show up and share that great moment with fans. And, you know, I wasn't even going to say anything. But the picture that's next to me right now, she has a, a thing where she donates all the money from proceeds from autographs to a charity, which is amazing. Thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis, for doing an amazing thing with that. But she posted this on Monday that her autograph is available online and she's selling it and the proceeds are going to that. So let me ask you something. You could post that, make money off of something that you were acting in. That's not against the SAG rules or whatever you're part of with the union, but coming to a convention and, you know, Interacting with your fans is? I, I don't know. I, I just... It, it just rubs me the wrong way. Each week I do have a fuck you. And it does pain me because I hate to do it. But Jamie Lee Curtis, just stay home and go fuck yourself. Because you did, you did the wrong thing. You should have been there. If John Carpenter came... He lives right there. You live there. 5 minutes from your house. You could have showed up. You could have spent some time with us. You could have even made a 30 second video. Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be there this weekend. I just want to say thank you. That's all. But again, you don't owe me shit and I'll be on, you know, I'll be on your line with bells on if you ever decide to come back to another convention because I do want to meet you. Because, you know, I appreciate the work that you've done. But I guess I'm the voice of the people right now because there's a lot of people upset. And whatever. If it's going to get me shit for it, so be it. But I just have to... uh, I said what I said. And uh, you didn't ruin my weekend by not being there because I had a fun time either way. I met some great people. I I had some amazing laughs with uh, friends. And... um, you know, I'm, I'll do Halloween 50. When it turns 50, I'll go back because I love California. I, I love going there. I, I eventually want to move there. It, it's, uh, I belong there. Um, so the convention ended and I was there for another two days and I decided to go on two 10-hour uh, day um, filming locations ride. So, I got to see parts of California that I haven't seen before. And, um, it was pretty awesome. You know, I saw some cool, uh, different houses and everything. I saw, uh, Pee Wee's house. Um, I went to the, uh, to the Poltergeist house. Um, I went to the church from Kill Bill. Actually, I also went to that's Wally World. Um, that's where they filmed, uh, the original vacation. Um, I went to the the, uh, the church from Kill Bill. So now all these places that I'm about to show you are around Lancaster, California. So now if you Google Lancaster, Lancaster is known for two things. One, there's a prison. The uh, state prison of California is there. And two, there's a lot of movies that were filmed there. If you Google it, I can't rattle off all of them, but just Google it and you'll see. So, the they give you like coordinates. It's not even like addresses. So I just typed in the coordinates on the GPS, and it took me to each set. And uh, it's got like a chain in front of each set, and it says if you want to rent this uh, land to film, call this number. So I I did that. I went to the um, to the church from uh, from Kill Bill. Um, the next one was the ranch from the Devil's Rejects in the beginning, the Firefly Ranch. From there, I went to the Kiki Palms Motel from the Devil's Rejects. Um, that's part of the, that, that there too, that's the front of it. It was like, uh, that's where the uh, infamous uh, hotel scene and the big uh, Mack truck at the end smashing the girl. Um, that's where that all went down. Uh, the road with the shootout at the end from the Devil's Rejects. That was pretty awesome. That wasn't in Lancaster. That was a little bit uh, further um, west. But this is like a highway that nothing is going on. So like, I pulled over, and I'm standing in the middle of a highway, and some like worker just pulled up to me. And he was like, you all right, man? I'm like, yeah, I'm just taking pictures. He's like, ah. Devil's rejects. He's like, yeah, we get some people that f- actually find it maybe like once or twice uh, a week. So I was one of the psychos for the week there. And uh, they, that was the scene from the Kiki Palms. That's like where the girl got hit by the Mack truck. I'm standing in the middle of this uh, street. So yeah, so like I'm taking all these pictures and I'm noticing it's a beautiful day out, but then I'm looking at the time and I'm like, that was the end of seven Um, where the, what's in the box happened. So, I'm looking around, and I'm like, shit, the sun's coming down. I'm noticing, like, the town just looks like a fake movie set. And, like, there's really no locals. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to meet them. Like, I just want to get out of here before the sun comes down. And I look at the GPS, and I'm 60 miles away from the hotel. So, I'm like, all right, well, it's going to take me two hours from Route A, or if I go Route B, it's an hour and ten minutes. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do the the quicker one. It took me through the mountains. And it's like one way in, one way out. And, like, the sun's coming down. And I'm, like, mesmerized by the view because it looks beautiful. But I got to pay attention because one false move. I'm going off the side of that cliff. And it's down there. I don't know how many feet up I was, but... It was pretty crazy, pretty intense. Like, every, like, two or three miles, there's a passing lane either on the right-hand side or the left-hand side. And, uh, you know, for people that are, like, flying, like, they're, they're, like, on my ass coming up, you know, I got to move over to the side to let them go because they're familiar with this, you know, the road. I'm not. So I got to watch everything. And I was just like, oh, man, please, just let me get out of here. This fucking fly is killing me. So. So, uh, the um, the last 10 miles of that Odyssey I had to do in the dark, but uh, I made it, and it was good. So, I uh, got back to the hotel, and that was it. My California trip came to an end. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, Demon Scar actually got asked to go back to uh, to play. Wow! So I did forget to talk about this place. Demon Scar got back, uh, got asked to play back in LA, so we're gonna do that pretty soon. We'll announce that. But I left out one of the most disturbing parts of the whole trip. I went to the Museum of Death. So the only rule inside the Museum of Death is that you're not allowed to take any pictures or photos, which is a good thing because I feel like. You're not going to be able to absorb it the way that it's intended for you to do. And all you guys know know me and I know my personality and know that I'm kind of desensitized to things. Well, the Museum of Death uh, is quite the place. Like, you walk in and you go up these stairs and it's just, like, pictures from, like, the L.A. coroner of, like, uh, murder scenes and stuff. So you get to start seeing that stuff. And, you know, you go into a room, it's got, like, the Manson, uh, the whole case, letters and garments, and he's they got, like, a, an Afghan that he had when he was in the hospital, um, you know, pictures from the crime scene. They have a whole serial killer room with, like, John Wayne Gacy's Pogo the Clown shoes and paintings, they have this little like book that um, females that were in love with uh, Richard Ramirez would send them pictures and uh, send them letters. So you like looking at all that. And uh, so now the three most disturbing things I'll talk about. The first one being they had this exhibit for the, the Heaven's Gate cult. Long story short. This guy named Marshall Applewhite convinced 39 people to drink the juice, put on a pair of Nikes, go to bed, they'll die. But there's a comet that's going to be passing over as their souls depart their body and it'll catch a ride on this comet to get to a next plane. So they got this exhibit set up just like how I said. It's a bunk bed. Looks like a body's laying in there with the Nikes on. They got the initiation video with Applewhite talking to lure you into the cult. And then they have the suicide note that they found on the scene. Right there in a frame with it typed up. So I'm reading this while listening to this guy talk. And I'm like, the mind control that this guy had, it's like scary. It's, it's not easy reading this stuff. Like, it's its pretty crazy. So I, I get away from there. I go into this next room. And they have, like, a case full of, like, taxidermied, like, dogs and cats. They have, like, Liberace's cat. Like, I'm waiting for this cat because it looks so real to, like, look at me and be like, meow, and, like, claw, like, the window. And I'm like, holy fuck, I got to get out of here, like, real quick. I didn't even, like, stay there for, like, more than a minute. I get into this next room, and it's like a, um, an visual room. And it's got, like, you know, you could watch, like, stuff from, like, Hollywood True Crime and I noticed that there was like a um a tombstone in the corner, but I didn't get to that. I didn't want I didn't want to see it yet. So I'm watching the video. I get up and I start walking towards it, and it's Gigi Allen's tombstone. And I'm like, is this a replica? And I went up to it and I touched it. And I'm like, wow, this feels real. Then there's a mannequin sitting there. And it's made up like Gigi Allen. And they got pictures from his funeral and all these like, you know, albums and stuff. So you, you leave the museum and the guy is there that bo- he sells you the ticket. And he's like, what did you like the most? Or like, what did you want to talk about? So I'm like, dude, is that really G.G. Allen's um, gravestone? And he was like, yes, he's friends with Merle. And what happened was the first one was stolen, the first tombstone. So the, the cemetery got them a new one. That one was vandalized. People piss and shit on it because that was Gigi's thing. He used to do that on stage. And they like spray painted it. And the, the the cemetery was like, listen, we can't have this going on every night. So they gave it to them. So the guy got close with Merle and was like, whatever happened to Gigi's tombstone? And Merle was like, oh, it's in my mother's um, garage. He's and he offered him to put it up in the museum. So Merle said, listen, I have the clothes that Gigi died in. If you want those, we could put that on display. So they put that on the mannequin, and it just blew my mind. And it's amazing that Gigi Allen, out of all that crazy shit, is the one that really got me. I was like, that was pretty cool to see. Um do I recommend it for everyone? No. But if you're in the area and you want to get your mind blown, go to the the Museum of Death, uh, it's quite the exhibit. I had to go across the street to the uh, to Danny Trejo's can- cantina and had a margarita just to like calm my nerves because it was it was pretty crazy. All right, so what I'm going to do is now I'm actually going to play a song for you guys. It's a um, a brand new one by Yours Truly, Nizza. AKA me. And this is called Finger Knives, and we'll talk about it after it's done. So uh, that was um, an unreleased song that I don't know when I'm going to release that. But uh, I apologize for the little technical difficulties. I'm kind of happy that it's my song, so no one else could be pissed off that I fucked it up. But I was just sharing the uh, the feed on my page, and I forgot that I was playing it off of the same device that I was doing that. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, that song um, was inspired. I went to the, go see the Pixies last month, and they were playing Where Is My Mind. And I was thinking, like, no one's ever sampled that song and like, kind of, like, rapped over it or whatever. So I ended up finding someone that made that beat. And uh, I bought the beat from them, and I put my own lyrics to it, and I pay a little tribute to them by putting some of their lyrics in it. And uh, that's how I came up with Finger knives. So, uh, again, this is, you know it's it's different from the demon scar flow and uh, I I kind of like it and um, yeah so that's uh that's finger knives I don't know when it's coming out but I wanted to play it for you guys um there's one thing that I did leave out for my uh, my trip I went to a bunch of cemeteries and I always you know I'd take pictures and stuff this picture that I'm posting right now this is of uh John candy's um, he's in a crypt he's in a wall and there's some stained glass art that's like the window right near where it is, and the sun was beating in, and I, it was like coming up with these awesome like colors and stuff. And I just took a picture of it, and I thought it came out beautiful. And uh, it was good to pay homage to uh, to John Candy. I always uh, appreciated him. You see, who's on the bottom there? Who's that? Fred McMurray. Who's that? The father from My Three Sons. Is, is that really? is that before your time? My yeah. Three Sons. I mean, I know what. Um, what was the main guy from it? Him? Well, he was the father, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know that. That's him, huh? Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to read the... The top one? The Well, the Candy's on the top. I'm trying to read who the the middle one is there. Evelyn something, it says.
1: Oh.
0: Uh. trying to... Yeah, no, I didn't even know that was him. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah.
1: 'Cause it was backwards. Oh, uh, was it really? John Candy, Evelyn Haver, whoever that is. But yeah, and then Fred
0: McMurray on the bottom. Wow. Nice. Thanks, Tony. Oh sure. So there you go. A little bit for some uh for everyone. But yeah, uh, John Candy, I always appreciated him, man. He was always the the pride of the big guys. And uh it was a shame we lost him so uh so soon in his career. But he did leave us with memorable roles and everything and uh You know, I always, yearly, around Thanksgiving, um, watch planes, trains, and automobiles. And, you know, growing up, it was funny. It's still funny, but it hits you in a different way because uh, those are one of those roles where you see really his acting chops. You know, you see the funny, but you also see the serious. And I feel like we... um, we were smited out of that. You know, I wish we could have seen more serious from John Candy because I really think he was a great actor. I also got to give a shout out to uh, my guitarist, Meds, because me and him are totally Neil Page and Del Griffith. Totally polar opposite dudes, but we get along at the end of the day. But. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just sometimes we could go back and forth at each other like them too in that movie, and it's just hilarious. But uh, yeah, uh, I every t- I associate him with that movie every year and every Thanksgiving I always reach out to him and say, uh, you know, Happy Thanksgiving, uh, Neil. And he replies, Happy Thanksgiving, Dell. Still waiting for that invite though, you prick bastard. <laughs> well anyway I want to uh, plug some stuff before I get out of here um this weekend uh we're going to um Jason's woods uh for the annual um it's the next one there you go for the annual uh Jason's Woods throwdown uh it's Demon scar sharp violet Steven the knot Steves. We also have a special guest with us, um, our boy Josh, uh, a.k.a. uh, Emulated Souls. He's going to be doing a meet-and-greet and and taking pictures with everyone as Sackhead Jason from Part 2. It's going to be an awesome time. And also, uh, Ricky Glore is coming, and he's going to kill Demon Scar on screen. So uh, he's going to film part of our set, and that's going to be used for the – The new trauma movie that's coming out, Sweet Meats. Really looking forward to that. Um, The next thing is October 21st at Mr. Beery's. That's the Horror Con. That's going to be a new start time at 12 o'clock because we're working on right now another guest. uh, Aside from Alyssa Han, we still haven't gotten uh, the green light to announce this guest, but if they do come... I just have to say that this movie is uh, one of the premier slasher films of the 80s, and it'll be awesome to have this guest there. But anyway, it's still going to be an awesome event. It's going to be Saturday, October 21st. New kickoff time. It's going to be at 12 o'clock. So make sure you get there early. We're going to have a bunch of vendors there selling uh, horror art and some horror paraphernalia. There's going to be amazing uh, gourmet Italian food by Cornicello, I believe the name is. That's uh, my friend Christina. She's going to be um, selling her food there. And uh, if you have any questions or any uh, concerns about it, DM uh, Julia. She's the barkeep at uh, Beery's or me. And uh, hopefully I can uh, guide you in the right direction. October twenty eighth. Um, I am going solo, and that's going to be at the Raven in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, headlining are going to is going to be the Flatliners, and uh, I got booked on this gig by Fury. He's also going to be doing a set, and I'm going to be doing some of those uh, that one song tonight that I played for you guys, Finger Knives. I'm going to be actually doing the live debut at that, and I'm looking really forward to that. Um, We just booked another gig November 18th, Friday, November 18th, and this is the first gig that I'm actually going to be playing with uh, under Patty Dodge um, Entertainment and Connected Rock Shows. That's going to be with uh, Graces of Chaos, Hostile Intent, and Resist the Temptation. Um, And that's going to be Friday, uh, November 18th at Sinclair's and West Babylon um tony i believe i have the uh the flyer for that it's next to the jason's woods one Isn't- the other one that one
1: yeah this
0: one no the next right. one yep there oh, it is uh, it's all good my brother no so i just wanted to show you guys facts. that that's gonna be again uh friday november 18th and um the I- oh the 17th wow i wrote the 18th by accident sorry about that i fucked up my own plug But, again, thanks, Patty. I can't wait to work with you. It's going to be an awesome night. We got uh, four great bands, and uh, make sure you come and check check us out for that. I'd also like to give a shout-out to my sponsor, Cloud 8 Delta 8. Um, They have a new thing for this Halloween season. Um, Creep It Real with Cloud 8 Zombie OG. It's enriched with Blackberry and Lavender. And Cloud8Zombie OG is sure to light you up like a jack-o'-lantern. So they have a bunch of different Halloween flavors on display. Make sure you go check out their website, Cloud8Delta8.com, and use Primal 10 for 10% off your order. And remember, it's also used for medicinal purposes. So uh, make sure you check that out. Lloyd also has a, uh, a blog up there just to let you know what's going on with the business and everything. They just had a move from uh, their headquarters, actually, from uh, Pennsylvania to West Virginia. So uh, he talks all about that on there. So uh, make sure you do uh, check them out because uh, they're the real deal. Kitty Kitties. Well, th- with that being said, I am going to put this episode to bed. I enjoyed uh, talking about my uh, my trip and uh, everything else in between. Keep it real, and I will see you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to Primal Scream. I'm Nick Greystone, a.k.a. The Nizza. Each week, Primal Scream is produced by Tony Walker and executive produced by Demon Scar. Always remember, nobody writes your story. But you... later. Come, 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 come.